Lord, thank you for your word. And uh, thank you. It's, it's by your word that you slake our thirst. And we just thank you for um, for feeding us and for nourishing us. And pray, God, that we would be nourished, uh, that we would be fed and, and uh, helped uh, today um, by your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, just a quick little caveat. I, um, I, I really think that it's helpful for, um, and you can tell me if you think this is true, but I, I think it's helpful for a class to have different things rather than me just talking to have, you have something to look at. But I'm really not good yet. I, I want to get good, but I'm not good at all at having a, a, a thing up here. So we'll see. I'd love your, love your feedback on it. Um, so uh, four on 40. Uh, so four, we're just for the next four weeks, four independent classes looking at the number 40 because I'm also staring down uh, the number 40. Um, next month. So I just thought, you know, this is, um, I just, it's an important number in, in the Bible. So that's, um, that's, uh, so, so I just, I wanted to, to take a look at it and, um, and just as I approach, uh, 40 years old and, uh, and I'm actually really excited about it. Um, I, I remember when my dad turned 40 and they had like the, there was a party with black balloons and black, you know, cocktail napkins and all this stuff. And, and it was, and I just remember thinking that is just so like old, God, you know, like you know, over the hill and everything. And I don't, he, you know, I don't know if it's different in different professions, but like my profession, sort of the older you get, the the more credibility you have. And so I, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of really looking forward to it. Y'all will take me seriously in a, in a month, I think. So, um, but I, um, so anyway, so so 40, it, it, it is really significant. This is from um, the. Uh, new International Dictionary, the, um, the InterVarsity Press New Bible Dictionary. And this is what uh, it says about the number 40. 40 is associated with almost each new development in the history of God's mighty acts, especially of salvation. For example, the flood, redemption from Egypt, Elijah and the prophetic era, the advent of Christ, and the birth of the church. The following periods of 40 days may be listed. The downpour of rain during the flood, the dispatch of the raven. Uh, interestingly, when Moses, I mean uh, uh, Noah, sends out the raven, it says after 40 days, it's 40 days like after the rain had stopped. Um, the, uh, let's see, the Moses' fasts on the mount, the spies' exploration of the land of Canaan. We'll take a look at that next week. Um, Moses' prayer for Israel. Uh, Goliath's defense, uh, defiance, Elijah's journey to Horeb, Ezekiel's lying on his right side, uh, Jonah's warning to Nineveh, Christ's stay in the wilderness prior to his temptation, uh, his appearances after his resurrection. And then for 40 years, the general designation of a generation, the following may be quoted, the, the main divisions of Moses' life, um, Israel's wandering in the wilderness, uh, the recurring pattern of servitude and deliverance in the era of the judges, uh, the reigns of Saul, David, and Solomon reach about 40 years, the desolation of Egypt. So 40 uh, is significant. It just, just happens a lot, uh, 40 years or 40 days. It doesn't seem, you know, time was not kept nearly as precisely then as it is now. They didn't have you know, iCal and, and stuff. So, um, so they, um, so the number four, you know, like three, seven, twelve. Those are all significant numbers. 
three's a little, seven's a little more, twelve's kind of a lot, and forty's a little more than you'd expect, right? I mean, so that it's 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 probably not precise. So did it rain for exactly forty days and forty nights, the same exact amount of time that Jesus was in the wilderness? I I, I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, but it's just it's it's always a little more than uh, than you would expect. The number forty. So we're gonna this for the next four weeks. If you're if you're here, this is what we're gonna look at. We're, uh, today we're gonna take a look at Noah's Ark, forty days. Uh, and 40 nights. Uh, Israel wandering in the desert for 40 years will be next week. Then Jesus uh, in the wilderness, the temptation narrative, uh, 40 days. And then Jesus' presence uh, after the resurrection. We'll take a look at the uh, resurrection appearances um, for and all of those for 40 days. All of those are really more than you'd expect. Um, you certainly expect uh, uh, it's 40 days and 40 nights of rain, more than you'd expect. Last summer, I... Um, uh, it was in the mountains for two weeks, and we in 14 days we got 15 inches of rain, and um, and and I I mean I really thought that that it was it was we were going to float away. I mean it was I've never seen I go up there every summer I've never seen the rivers uh, and the waterfalls as big as they were tw- easily twice as, as much as they normally were, and and like that was almost 14 days solid rain and and it was easily contained. You know if you think about it, you, gosh wow they're so big but. It's easily contained. I mean, we weren't about to float away or anything. Think about how much rain. It, this is a lot of rain, you know. Um, and uh, and we'll see. It may not have only only been rain, but we'll we'll see that. Um, so then, um, the wandering in the desert for 40, 40 years. Oh my gosh! Like that. You just you just think about like a million people wandering around in a desert for forty years. That is. Because they wouldn't go in the first time. That's that's it's just more than you expect. Jesus in the wilderness, forty days, um, and then the presence after the resurrection. He rose. He's going ri- to rise again. Like why would he wait around so long? Anyway, it's very interesting. The number forty. Um, it's just a little longer than you expect. So today we're going to talk about um, Noah and um, judgment and grace. Um, the uh, so the. This is this is sort of what you think of, right? When we think of uh, of Noah's Ark, I can't. I feel like one of our kids might have had uh, Noah's Ark in their room, um, but at, or at the very least, we've seen friends. I don't think we did, I guess. But um, but at the very least, we've had friends that have you know do the do their nursery in, in Noah's Ark, and you never see the mass of humanity below the water um, in in the children's stories. Um, it, it is it is real. It's a dark. Story, uh, it, it's a it's a devastating um, it's a devastating story, and and, um, and yet there is an incredible amount of grace uh, in in the end. Um, okay, so Genesis uh, six uh, five through eight, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that this is I mean this is it rings true, and yet to, to see it and to read it um, is 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 hard. I mean, it's just it's intense. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to kind of wrap your mind around that, and yet, I mean, you wonder what what does that mean by evil? Like, I mean, is it we have this sort of a, sometimes a Hollywood understanding of of evil. Um, as as sort of I don't know, Night of the Living Dead or or, or something, but um, but it is um, at, at the very least uh, that the the heart it was against 
God. It was um, the the God of self. That 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 humanity put itself on the throne. This is ten generations after Adam and Eve, and and I don't know how that all uh, works out, but I know that um, that after Cain and Abel, it was downhill from there. You know, like it was. Um, it, it and that is the the witness. The test. We're on chapter six of Genesis. I mean, like it's just it did not start out well. Well, it started out great, but it didn't. It did. It quickly. It quickly um, fell away. The um, uh, the Lord was so, this is I mean the Lord was sorry that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him uh, to His heart. That's uh, you think about it, like was God just kind of figuring out the whole God thing? Like was He just like was He just like doggone it? I <laughs> I'm gonna get it next time. Like you know you just think like it, it's it's not what you'd expect to even hear about the Lord. Um, he was sorry that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. One of the things that you see in this passage is the word earth over and over and over again. Uh, I, I think it's like 12 times in the next few verses. We're not going to go through all the verses, but if you go back and read it, read the story, it is, um, it's amazing how many, just how earthy, because uh, it's a judgment of, of the earth. But he says that, that the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. I don't think that he thought... That, that God was thinking, you know what, this whole humanity made in my image thing, that was a total mistake. What was I thinking? I don't think, I don't think that's what he's saying, but I think it, it, we just see the, the divide between what humanity had become in their own, in their own free will versus uh, what God was. Um, and you say, well, well, I thought we didn't believe in free will. Of course we have free will. Uh, we certainly believe, I believe, in predestination as, as a means of salvation, but if we talk about free will, we certainly have free will in terms of earthly things. And so, and humanity, in turning away from God, had, had sort of attained free will. And, and, this, and what we see in, in, the, um, in the, the, uh, these few chapters and all of the, the murder and the, um, the death and the selfishness and the idolatry and and just man putting himself on the throne uh, of his own heart, uh, we see there um, that it was completely opposite of what God had uh, intended. So God, the Lord saw the wickedness of man, that every intention of his heart was evil, only evil uh, continually, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. Um, so what we see is that there's a moral motivation for the flood. Uh, it, was in, uh, it was in response to what uh, God had seen in the hearts of man. Now, was it um, was it planned before the foundation of the earth? Did God say, "I'm going to create humanity in the garden. They are going to run away from me. I'm going to judge them with a flood, and then there will we will start over uh, with Noah and his family." The Bible. I will say that the Bible doesn't say that. Uh, we, we can infer that uh, down the road as, we, as, as salvation history unfolds, as we read the prophets, as we, read the, um, uh, as we begin to learn of the sovereignty of God. It is, um, uh, it, is un, it is inconsistent with the witness of Scripture and the whole of Scripture to say that God sort of thought, well, I've messed up and I need to start over. Uh, but certainly what we see here from the very beginning is that um, God, in His righteousness, will judge um, sin, and and it is a, a devastating 
uh, judgment. So there was a moral motivation because uh, it was ho- the holiness of God judging the um, uh, judging sinful humanity. The motivation uh, or the issue was interior, not exterior. What I mean by that is that what the scripture says is that every it doesn't say that people were just killing each other all the time and that was so bad, or that people had uh, were having affairs or or whatever. It says that the intention of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. So even if you look at your own life, like even the good things that we do, there's something selfishly motivated. Um, there's some uh, some sort of thought that I'm gonna this is gonna turn out well for me because I've done this, or this is you know you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna you know, like I don't love Andrew. I could have gotten a tip if I you know like you know like I, um, the uh, there there's there's something that we're looking for in doing uh, good deeds, and I would say almost all the time I, I've occasionally seen seen people and experienced people who I really think that they just and got it. But even the satisfaction, I do things because it just makes me feel good about myself. Well, are you doing it because it makes you, I mean, if it didn't make you feel good about yourself but it was still good, would, it, would you do it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. So there's, there's some issue of, of it's the internal uh, motivation there. Um, the uh, the other, next thing we see is the condition is chronic. It was only evil all the time, continually. Um, it's not. It was not the result of a few bad choices uh, along the way, um, and uh, it's not just a lapse or two. It's um, it is it is a it is the condition of the human heart when it gives is given to free will, um, and you know that was a that was a, a lesser time. There was um, I don't I don't notice I don't I'm not really comfortable because we're not given a lot of um, we're not given detail about the the culture. Around what what were they doing that was so evil? Was it murder? Was it unfaithfulness? I mean, all that we're really told is that, that humanity was its own, sort of became its own god and filled filled itself up. But um, but it's a chronic uh, condition. And then we see that the evil and violence of humankind is is in direct contrast to the nature and the character of God. And God is grieved. I. I find it easier sometimes to think of, of God and His judgment as unemotional. Um, to think, well, it's, it's He's not angry; He's just holy. Like it's just. Um, but time and again, when I find myself thinking that, I come across Scripture that is emotional, um, that that expresses God as uh, as emotional, um, and He is grieved. Um, the other thing we see is He's the only one who can do anything about it. All of humanity. Uh, is only evil all the time. So none of humanity can can do anything to solve uh, the problem, uh, and, and that would have to include Noah. Um, and so we we actually do see a doctrine of a, of election uh, in that. Um, it doesn't say that God had had made a mistake, but in all of eternity, uh, God uh, had never been hurt in relationship in all of eternity because God was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so his experience, even though he's God, and it, I, I'm sure that there's the, the words that I can articulate to put on God uh, before the foundation of the world is far from uh, sufficient. But uh, to say that, that God was um, in perfect community uh, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit before humanity, he had never been hurt in relationship until he created man in his own image. Um, and so God's solution is to destroy the source of the problem. 
that is to um, to to wipe out evil humanity. Uh, there is no room here for love the sinner, hate the sin, right? That's it's um, people uh, that it's that's a sort of um, I, I think that that's a well-intentioned cop out, um, but it's uh, it probably is. is um, Practical in the sense of, of what we are to do, but for God, it wasn't love the sinner, hate the sin. That it was uh, the sin of the people were precisely and fully identified with the people themselves. Um, now, what's interesting is an interesting question to ask. So God is violently wiping out all of humanity because of their violence. Is this the pot? Calling the kettle black, um, and so I want to. So we have a small enough group here. Um, put that to you. What What do we do with that? What do we do with God saying? Uh, and a couple of you are lawyers, so you can you can you can figure figure you can argue both sides of the story, right? So, what um what uh is is God just in doing uh, committing a violent act of judgment? Against humanity because of his, because of their violence. Yeah, Lee. You could say just the mere fact that God's doing it as definition is right. So if God does it, then it's good. Right. It's not good for humanity. But it's to, not about that. Right. Okay. What else? It's about intention. Yeah. Only the intentions of man's heart were only evil all the time, mm-hmm. whereas God's intention is. Right. So we can trust the goodness of, of his of God's intention in this. That's good. I like that. Anything else to say about that? I mean, I think I think Lee, I think you're you're right, uh, Tyler. I think you're right too. The um, that if God does it, it is consistent with His character, which means it is good. Um, it doesn't mean that um, even though we are created in His image, doesn't mean that we are that carrying things out like that are good for us. He's the one who has the authority to do that. Um, God is holy, and He's demonstrating uh, His intolerance of unholiness, and um, and yet He's also mercifully demonstrating the perpetuation of His creation, uh, because He is providing a remnant uh, in uh, choosing Noah. You know, what's really interesting about this? If you read through the, no- the 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 Noah narrative, Noah never talks. There's never any words of Noah. It's only God. It's all God's uh, initiative. Um, God employs Noah to work out his task of judgment. And so he's actually using uh, a sinful human to carry out his good task, which is is in itself an act of mercy. The scripture says, uh, Noah uh, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It doesn't say... that he Noah earned favor, he came upon it. It was um, uh, it, he found it. It was granted. Uh, it was granted to him. Did anybody see um, the recent movie, uh, the the Russell Crowe? It got um, just mixed reviews. Would be a generous, I think, um, way to say it. It was some people loved it and thought it was amazing. I I watched. I did not watch it until this weekend. I watched it and I. Um, turned off and went to bed after it was over. I mean, I, I didn't think it was... I thought it, it tried to be like this sort of epic thing, and it was it was all right. Um, the, uh, 
I do think, I think that they did a good job of trying to, dis, trying to answer some hard questions about it. Uh, what what try to think through what was Noah's thoughts like? What were the what was the culture uh, around him like? What must it have been like? And so I'm going to show you a little clip that I think is actually um, pretty helpful. Um, that um, what must it have been like uh, f- when, for the rest of humanity when the rain began to come? And um, and I, I think that this little clip uh, actually is is pretty helpful, um, or or at least well helpful for our purposes. Um. One thing that I think is ridiculous about the movie is, is how modern their clothing is. It's, 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 it's Scripture does say that the, um, the fountains of the earth um, were released. So, um, so this is a this is a picture of the ark that Darren Aronofsky, the director, conceived of, and it's it's different than any picture of an ark that I've ever seen. It, um, but actually, in scripture, it doesn't say that it was that there was a bow and a stern. It's just a box that they had to. Um, that that ha- it wasn't going anywhere, you know. It just had to float and survive, right? Um, so it's it's uh, it's a good idea. It's a pretty 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 well conceived, I think. Um, and it, it's, I'm going to talk about why I like that clip um, in, in, in the end of it in a, in a minute with all the, the waters coming on. But just I think that um, it, it's helpful anyway to to think about what Noah must have endured. Um, because Noah was working in the midst of this culture that um, was only evil continually. Um, now, how he made the boat, Aronof- I won't even tell you. Aronofsky comes up with a, a <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. Um, but the, uh, um, but it, it is, it must have taken an incredibly uh, long time. Um, Genesis 7, 17 uh, to 19, the flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the height, oh, that's a a misprint, uh, all the height of the mountains under the whole heavens were covered 15 cubits deep. This is about a cubit from your elbow to the tip of your finger. It's about, about 18 inches. It's about 20 feet over the highest mountain. That's a lot of water. Was it lo- was it a local flood? I mean, was it sort of regional? It didn't affect North America, but it affected most of the... I, I don't really have an answer for that. Um, flood continued for 40 days. 
So that's that long, imprecise, but long, longer than you'd expect, long period. And what we just see is that we see the depth uh, of, of judgment. God's uh, all-encompassing, eradicating judgment of human sin. It was a, uh, an incredible demonstration of judgment. And it, was, um, uh, it is terrifying, uh, I think. Uh, there's no ex- escape from it except for the escape that he himself uh, appoints. And then there's this really great uh, passage. I mean, the whole thing is great, but Genesis 8.1, but God remembered uh, Noah. And what he's been saying is sort of after this idea that's 15 cubits higher than the mountains, that, that all, he says all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, all mankind, everything on dry land, in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. You don't. That's that's not on the uh, kids' you know, um, baby crib th- um, thing. Um, and the uh, he blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, and they were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left. And those who were with him in the ark, and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. So that's 190 days. We're over half a year at this point. And another, you would see it, it, another several months. But God remembered Noah. Uh, the remembering of God. We see it several times in Scripture. The remembering of God is not a psychological event. Like you and I remember something. We we forgot. Oh, I remember. Like there's nothing really else for God to look at as He gazed across the the earth. Um, But but it it is a um, it is a soteriological event, not a psychological event. Soteriological saving event. It is a um, an active extension of divine mercy and divine intervention. Uh, We see. Uh, a few other times. Um, so uh, Genesis 19, so it was uh, God destroyed the cities of the valley. This is talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. God remembered uh, Abraham he, uh, and the covenant that he had made with Abraham. Um, uh, in Exodus 2, uh, during those many days, uh, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God should have been capitalized. And God heard their groaning and remembered uh, his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Again, he's not saying, oh, I was busy with these stars over here and I totally uh, remember now, I, 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 gosh, it's been 400 years, uh, you know, before Israelites in Egypt. No, it is, a, um, it is an act of his own faithfulness for God uh, to remember. Um, and we see uh, in this, um, this remembering, this um this God reaching out His preser- His mercy, His uh, preservation of His own uh, creation, and we see in this the um, the uh, the likeness between the ark uh, and the cross. That God and what I what I um, the reason I like the clip that I showed you is the very end. You know, it's the water come from all directions coming against the ark and just just giant, massive. You think about if. I wonder if, if um, anything could actually be structurally sound enough to, to receive the, uh, the, the force of, uh, of the waters as, as it showed there. But uh, um, this massive flood 
crashing in from all sides just made me think of the cross. It made me think of the judgment of, uh, the, of God against the cross um, pouring out on Jesus Christ this massive, uh, um, just devastating, eradicating, all-encompassing judgment of God being poured out on Jesus Christ. Our sin, your sin and my sin, rushing up against uh, Jesus Christ and pouring itself out on Him. And the only way that anyone can escape uh, the judgment of God is through the cross. And so we see a likeness there, a, um, a type of ark. Um, the, the ark is a, a foreshadowing in that sense of, of the cross. That God is the only one who can do anything about, um, can provide a means for the escape of His judgment. And, um, and He has provided that for Noah in the same way He has provided that uh, for us. So the ark is sort of the gospel uh, in embryo. Um, and um, the ark is the means uh, by which um, the judgment of God is escaped. And sort of so we see the cross there. Um, so the first covenant that God makes in the Bible is with Noah. And a covenant is a, is a binding uh, agreement. Um, it is often entered into uh, by one who is more powerful and one who is weaker. And if the weaker uh, party does what they're supposed to do, then they are generally under the protection of the, um, the stronger one. And so, um, so that's what a, a covenant was, and they, they enter into it um, mutually. And yet, in every time that we see a covenant in um, that God is involved, He is the init- sole initiator, and He's the only one that ever holds up His end of the deal. And He's always faithful uh, to His own covenant. And God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you. So he's not just speaking to Noah or to his family, but he's saying that I, I am, I'm placing a binding agreement between you and everything that comes uh, after you, uh, everything that lives and breathes and crawls on the earth. So it's, it's a, an, as encompassing as was his judgment is his covenant to which he will be faithful. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. So he's never going to do it like that. Uh, again, because as much as his heart—I mean, I can at least the way it comes across to me—as much as his heart was grieved uh, by um, by his act, uh, by the uh, sinfulness of humanity, so was his heart grieved by his the necessity of judgment. It grieved his heart, and so he, what he did in establishing the rainbow, is he um, he put. Basically, a, a natural phenomenon that would happen all the time as a symbol of his faithfulness to us. And so, um, I don't think he—I don't think it was just invented then. I, I, I think, but I do think he put something that was just—that was always going to happen because of his awesome creation—to uh, say that you can always remember that I will be faithful. It's, um, and so he, he actually says, "When I see it." Um, God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between you and every living thing uh, for all future generations. So you and I stand in this. Um, I've set my bow in the cloud and it should be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Um, 
Sally Lloyd-Jones, uh, who does the Jesus Storybook Bible, and actually Andrew, who told me he did it independently of, of uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones and the Jesus Storybook Bible, he makes an interesting, she makes an interesting point, um, and Andrew did too, that a, a bow, I mean a bow and arrow, if you think of a bow and arrow, like if, if a bow and arrow, the way that it's arced is the, is the way of judgment. And so he just had the, the his sort of bow of his judgment pointed now, but now the bow is pointed up. And so you think of the bow being and it's pointed up at God. So he's the one who's who's going to take the judgment. It's an interesting, I think, sort of neat, uh, neat idea. Um, but there, we think we think of this idea of because this idea of covenant, this binding agreement, it's very difficult to get out of. Think about the covenant of marriage. I mean, to get out of marriage is very difficult. It's very painful. Uh, you know, I, I I don't have any comment on whether or not it's sometimes the right thing to do, but I think that, that it, is, it is an extremely difficult and awful thing to undo. Uh, but it, when it's lived into rightly, then it is, um, it is a wonderful and beautiful um, thing. And so the, the covenant, this idea of covenant, um, all in, in here, Noah didn't enter into it and say, hey, we need, we need to figure something out. I mean, God came to him and said, I am, and again, because Noah's not talking, um, God says, I am taking all the initiative and all the burden. Um, and uh, I think one more. Yeah, so when the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature. I, I, don't, I don't think we need to over-spiritualize things. I, don't, um, I, I do think, I think rainbows are a natural phenomenon. I do think, I mean, I have talked to anybody, uh, I've talked to several people who, have had just personal, like, sort of religious experiences with rainbows. Not the sort of double rainbow, what does it mean? But um, the, uh, the, do you see, you know, that little clip? What does it mean? I mean, it's hilarious. Is there a double rainbow? Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a double rainbow there. What does it mean? Um, <laughs> um, and rainbows have sort of been co-opted and um, mean different things to different people, but some people, I don't know if you have a sort of particular rainbow thought um, or thing, but I, it, it is a um, it, one thing we can think about is God's God's faithfulness uh, to us. So the question then is, is so what? Uh, I said that we um, I said that we uh, have um, that that we, that we I, I'm looking at this because of I'm, I'm turning forty. I want to think about that. What does it mean for uh, for us when we um, one of the things is that when we look up at God instead of around other people, we begin to understand that we stand in, in need of His judgment. And when we look, if you look, conversely, if we look around, meaning if we look sort of horizontally at other people, we will always find people uh, that in our minds and by our standards deserve judgment more than we do. And it can fool us into thinking that we stand above them, uh, that we are less in need of um, a savior or less than uh, deserving of judgment. Um, I, uh, I I think that it is a tempting message to think that if you just try hard and are good, then you will um, remain in God's favor. Um, and yet that is, as I read it, not the witness of Scripture, that uh, we are to look up, not around. When we look up, and I certainly, over my um, all those 40 years look up and I think uh, if I look up I, I think 
I understand what Isaiah must have felt like. Woe, woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And it's first, I'm a man of unclean lips before I realize that I also stand in the midst of a people of unclean lips. That we are to look up rather than around. And I see that as I look over my life, that I see that it's a chronic condition. That it's not just the result of a few bad choices. If I just made these other choices, because then it's all on me. It is all on me, but at the same time, it is... um, I find myself, I mean, yesterday, you know, with my dog who won't quit biting my shoes while I'm walking in, in my shoes. And I um, just get so mad. Um, and I, um, you know, just for, uh, just over and over again, I, I, I sometimes, I mean, I feel like, not, rarely with you all, because I, I care about what you all think, but with my family, um, I, I think... Um, I, I get I get upset. I get more upset than I would like to. And I have often had the thought that that is, at least to me, maybe not to my family, but it, at least to me it's a mercy because it reminds me of how much I need mercy. It reminds me, my uh, temper um, reminds me, uh, and I, it could be a lot worse than it is, but it's worse than I want it to be. And it has come a long way, but it's got a long way to go. And yet, I it remind, I don't know what your thing is, but that reminds me of, of how much I um, fall short of my own standards. Because if, if I heard about you acting that way, I would think, man, what a jerk. You know, but I, but I, then I, also, I have my own standards, but I can't live up to even my own standards, much less God's standards. Um, it's a chronic condition, and that I see again that God is the only one who can deliver us from His uh, own judgment. Because I try, man, I try, I try. And it's not just you know, it's not just temper. I mean, there's just so many things. And I just uh, I look back over my life, and I think there's just so, only God can can do this. So to to sort of wrap this up, the hope of this um, Hebrews 11 says that by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. In reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And I, uh, like Noah, am an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I really appreciate Andrew's words this morning. Again, why am I a Christian and not my neighbor? Why am I a Christian and not my family member or my coworker? I don't, I don't know. I know that I initially uh, began uh, being interested in Christ in high school because I thought it was the right thing to do and it uh, might help me in sort of looking good to the right people. At some point, I realized I'm having a hard time living up to what this thing requires of me. And, um, and I sort of fell on my face and realized that if this is all true, I mean, I think I was a Christian Legitimately, but I think that if this is all true, then I'm a lot worse than I thought, and he's going to have to be a lot better than I thought. There's a, I kind of thought like I'm here and God's here. He's kind of come that last 10%, right? You know, like, oh my gosh. I mean, to think of how far he must have to come just for me, and to think of how righteous he, he must, if, if it's just a math equation. And his righteousness covers the sin of the whole world. How righteous must he have been to cover decades across, I mean, uh, um, millennia 
of humanity, all across, and billions and billions of people. Um, how great is his righteousness? Um, and I just am thankful. I'm so thankful to be an heir of that righteousness. Um, it says, Noah condemned the world. What does that look like for me? I don't want to stand in condemnation of the world. It's not mine to condemn. Noah actually did condemn the world because he, he was the only one, his family was the only one that survived the flood. But I can condemn the world in the sense that I can um, try to move away from the grip that the world has on me only by grace. By grace. As, as an heir of righteousness, I can... Gerhard Forty once said, he's a Lutheran scholar, and he, um, he's dead now, but he said uh, that the Christian life is learning to live into the truth um, of... The Christian life is learning to live as if justification is really true about you. That's not exactly... He said it better than that. But I'm learning to live like what God has said about me is true. Does that make sense? Are you following one? I've said it three times, not very well. Um, but uh, but it, that's that's all of life. That's that's the life. What is true about us is that we are righteous because we're clothed in Christ's righteousness. Now we just get to live as if that was true. Um, and there is freedom. There's freedom and goodness in that. And I don't, you know, Lord might give me. He might give me 40 more minutes, or he might give me 40 more years. But I, um, as I look ahead, I. I am just, um, as I look behind and look ahead, I am awed standing where I am that God would have mercy on me. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. So um, I think looking at Noah's Ark is, is a, um, you know, it really is the gospel uh, from, the, from the very beginning of the Bible. Hey, we have a few minutes. Any questions or thoughts or loose ends that I didn't tie up or comments? All right. Let's thank God. Lord, thank you um, for all these people in here who are 40 years old. And, um, and I just um, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace to us. Help us to look up instead of around. Uh, help us to um, be humble before your great greatness and yet to be thankful. Uh, to walk not in... Uh, self-righteousness, nor in lowliness of spirit, but in confidence uh, of the grace that you have given to us. Uh, We bless your name, and we pray that you would give us the grace to live our lives um, into the truth, uh, live into our lives the truth of what you have declared to be right and true about us, that we are justified and holy and good. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.